Hi, this is Mark Wiltshire and thanks for choosing to listen to the Explore Finland radio show. Season 3 starts here and I'm really pleased to kick it off with my conversation with Christina Vanni, uh, my first American Finn. And I know there are many more of you American Finns out there hopefully listening to this. So this episode should be interesting to you as we're going to talk about her forthcoming cookbook, Home Farm. But I'll let her tell you all about that in the interview. So let's head over there now and listen to that. Okay, I'm joined today by Christina Vanni internationally recognized culinary authority, food writer, TV host, recipe developer, and cooking contest expert. See, I've read your press. Ah. Um, so, Christina, thanks for joining me. Thank you so much. This is fun. And you're currently writing your, your first cookbook, exploring traditional and seasonal food from Finland, which is interesting. I'm going to get you to tell everyone why Finland in a moment. Okay. Before we get started, I just wanted to give a quick shout out to Mate. Mate, this should be interesting to you. You contacted me on Twitter um, and said that as well as being interested in underground Finnish movies and music, you also love food, especially bread. So Mate, this one's for you. Um, Christina, thank you again for, wow, for joining us Thank today. you. Um, I gave your one sentence introduction, but maybe you can just introduce yourself a little bit more to to the listener and uh, explain how we came to be talking today. Uh, sure. So um, I was born and raised in the United States, uh, in Chicago, and I have um, sort of had a, a passion for cooking my whole life. Uh, I learned how to cook from my mom, and so it's always been something that's been a part of my life. And um, on my dad's side, uh, his side of the family is from Finland, from this region. And so um, a couple years back, Uh, we were all here visiting, and um, so we were over on the farm, <clears throat> and uh, we sat down to afternoon coffee, and um, one of my cousins, Lena, had made, um, of course, beautiful foods to go with coffee, and um, we we had some of these cookies that she would call slice cookies, and we all just went, <clears throat> this was the best cookie I've ever had in my whole life. And, and we were just, oh my gosh, we need the recipe. So we translated the recipe and then I put it into American measurements, went home and made it, gave it to my friends and everyone was just like, this is the best cookie I've ever tasted. And then I started realizing that, you know, with all of these beautiful foods that we were experiencing here, it needs to be shared. People need to know about this because people don't know. And it's it's simple and it's clean and it's beautiful and uh, a lot of the recipes have so much history. So then I figured, okay, well, from my dad's side, I have this connection to Finland, and from my mom's side, I have uh, you know culinary experience and passion. So let's put those two together, and uh, and and write down some of these recipes um, in English that maybe haven't been shared before. You you said your dad's family were from. This area we're in, we're in Sainioki today, um, but your roots go even a little bit further into the wild, down to, out, out to Pedo Sainioki. Yes. Um, can you tell us the, the the story of how your your dad's family came from Finland to be in America? Yes. So uh, my great grandma was one of wait, was it ten or eleven kids? Twelve uh, kids. Oh, yeah. oh yeah, yeah. Okay. So she was one of twelve kids. You know, this was you know back in. Like late 1800s, early 1900s. You know, I think she just realized that there wasn't any going to be any opportunities for her. She wasn't going to inherit the farm, and and so um, because back back in those days, it was the it was the firstborn that inherited everything, yeah. and the rest were left to yeah. And so I guess uh, she just thought, 
well, what am I going to do? So she and her sister, so my, my great grandma was uh, Josefina and her sister Gustava, they um, said, hey, let's go to the United States. And I mean, if you look at a lot of the immigration history, you know, through Ellis Island and, and a lot of, you know, the immig immigrant stories in the U.S., I feel like I always grew up hearing, oh, you know, the man of the man of the house or a young boy would follow the dream in America and then, you know, bring his family later. So I always thought it was kind of cool that it was like two women who were like, we're going to do this, you know? And um, so then they settled <clears throat> in the U.S. Where, and, where did they settle? Um, so uh, Josefina settled in um, the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. Um, which is the highest concentration of Finnish Americans. <laughs> yeah, I've got a lot of a lot of um, listeners and and people that follow me on social media have got in contact from that area, and and I've got friends here in Sainioki who are American Finns from there that have moved back. Ah, here interesting. Now, yeah. So, um, so the the small town is uh, sort of near Marquette. Uh, it's a small town uh, called Nagani, and that so that's where she ended up. You know, had had a family there and. Then, um, uh, what about my, the other sister? You know, it's funny. We've we've tried to sort of um, trace. It's a bit mysterious okay. what happened to the Gustava side. I, I don't know why we can't trace it as well. It's it's a bit how, of a mystery. How come they traveled that far together and then? I have no somehow. idea. I mean, we found a couple of people on Facebook, but I mean, I don't know them well or anything. So, it, you know, so if you're related to Gustava, please reach out <laughs> at Christina Vanny. Yeah, do, do that. Let, let us know for sure. That would be, be great. I'd like to have more cousins in the U.S. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so that, that's kind of how it all happened. And that, that immigration was, was such a, a big thing. Actually, I did two, two podcast episodes in Perasenioki. Mm -hmm. There's the Emigrant Museum there. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and... I spent a whole afternoon going around the museum, and then we went to the the outdoor area where they're where they're moving houses from. Yeah, we went over there. Yes, that, and and I, when I visited two years ago, there were three houses, but but plans to bring to bring more. And it's, that's really uh, cool. Yeah, it is. It's a really cool project, mm -hmm. and it's interesting to be able to walk through this history from from Definitely. way back way yeah. back when. Um, so. You 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 started by saying when you came when you came back to mm -hmm. uh, the family farm, but what led you to want to come back? How did you how did you start investigating? This? Well, it, it's it's sort of a lot of different pieces that came together, but it was something that you know, growing up, you know, we always knew these stories of of the Finnish heritage and everything, and you know why? I mean, I guess essentially it's it's a story also of the internet, really, because um, you know. My, my older family members, you know, they would write letters and we have, you know, histories of those letters back and forth. But travel, you know, back and forth wasn't as easy, um, you know, back in the day. And so I, th I think, you know, it, it just nobody, once they came to the U.S., they just never came back because I think it was just too expensive, too difficult. Um, and then, oh gosh, how many years ago would this have been? Maybe... I don't know, seven or so, um, the house that we're in, Yoni's house, Yoni. He was doing some research online and found one of my other cousins because he knew of this connection in Nagani. And so um, I think, you know, doing the different searches on Facebook and stuff, he found one of my cousins and she had, um, 
she had her maiden name, you know, in parentheses on Facebook. So he went, okay, I think this might be the right person. Sent a message to her, and then we realized, okay, we've got it. This is the correct connection. And then um, just started conversations, and somehow, you know, he found me, my sister, you know, everything. So the reason that we're staying in Yoni's house right now is that he is in the U.S. because he travels back and forth to the U.S. with his business, and so. And he would to go to Wisconsin. He would fly through Chicago, and that's where my my parents live. So we would have um, you know meetups in Chicago, and then eventually I said, "Hey, can I can I come see you out there?" And so um, it, it, so it really it's a story of you know letters, lots of you know space in between, and then the internet brought everybody together in a, a much quicker way. So how, how was how was that first meeting with your relatives that you couldn't communicate with? Um, well, you know, well, some, I, some of them clearly you could because Yoni's yeah. is quite international, but, yes. but others in the family didn't have the, the, the English. I, I think it's, I think it's twofold. I think on, on, on one point you definitely have to rely on assistance and translations and things like that. But, um, you know, even, even my mom who, uh, you know, uh, doesn't speak Finnish at all. She like loves Lena so much. And, you know, I feel like they, they can talk to each other through food, you know, or just through just sort of that international kitchen communications, you know, that, that you can, you can still, there's other ways to communicate besides just words. And so I think that, that you rely on that a little bit more, you know, and then the few words you do know, you use them when you can. And, and so I think that, um, I felt an instant connection that even if, even if the language wasn't there, there was other things there. Did you feel a family connection? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, and I even remember your dad saying one time, um, like that, you know, there was these, these 12 kids and, you know, two went away and there's always been kind of this little missing puzzle piece. Okay. And now it's kind of been put back into the, nice, <laughs> in, nice way to, into the whole it. piece. Yeah. And, and that's not my dad that you're talking about. There are other oh, people yeah. in the room. <laughs> Sorry. <here. So> <laughs> Just I realized that was confusing. <laughs> yeah. my, my dad is in London. He'll probably be listening to this. So don't worry, dad. There's nothing yeah. for you to, uh, that you need to know. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and obviously in the, in the States, you've, You've got a profile, you do some TV work, and you're now publishing your first book. But you, you came here, and I guess nobody knew about this, really. It wasn't, this wasn't part of, your, of the Christina that was coming back to the, to the family ancestral home. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was just on a, on a level of, of like the prodigal, prodigal cousin yeah. or something. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess... So in the US, if we're just looking at sort of the food industry overall... Um, that it's almost like you have to find some sort of niche in the culinary industry that you're going to focus on and um, sort of be known for. So, I mean, I've done a lot of different, you know, food related things. And this was always something I'm like, you know what, I got this in my back pocket that hasn't really been talked about that much, um, hasn't really been explored. And maybe that'd be something that would be kind of interesting to tap into. And, um, and then on top of that, there's been, you know, a, a bit of a, a new Nordic trend hitting the world, you know, something that people are talking about a lot um, in the U.S. And I thought maybe this is the time to sort of strike while the the iron's hot and explore that a little bit. Because, you know, you'll see, you know, people, people ask me all the time, oh, what is Finnish food? Like maybe they've had meatballs at Ikea or maybe they've like heard of Noma, you know, and they're like, so I know like a little bit of Swedish, maybe a little bit of Danish food, but like what's Finnish food? And so I thought, okay, well, if that's a question that keeps coming up, like maybe someone needs to answer that. And so that's that's where it came from. I think there's, I think there's a lot of... um... I don't know, warm feeling towards mm-hmm. Finland as mm-hmm. well. You know, uh, before, before when we were talking earlier, I said that 
when when you do something you show an interest in Finland then the Finns really appreciate it mm-hmm. and but I also think they they don't necessarily realize how Finland is perceived mm-hmm. overseas and how warmly people think especially like the the expat families or the the uh, yeah the expat families mm-hmm. like yours that have been mm-hmm. overseas for for many decades mm-hmm. still have this really strong connection back to Finland so I think that will be um there will be a lot of interest in what you're in I what you're so. doing yeah I, I i think so maybe you should tell us a little bit about this this cookbook sure. clearly it started um around the kitchen table mm-hmm. in the farm mm-hmm. perhaps tell us a little bit about the about the farm first of all and then about what you're where, where you've gone to find your recipes yeah so it's a um it's an organic dairy farm so uh you'll see a lot of recipes incorporating dairy obviously <laughs> um and so kind of the the process has been really a lot i mean i i i've been joking that like this is going to be the first cookbook written via whatsapp because <laughs> i will i will send a message to maria lisa and say thinking about gooseberries what what you know what do you what recipes do you guys know about gooseberries and she'd be like one moment and all of a sudden I'll have you know two versions of a gooseberry pie (laughs) and then I'll have to go hunt down gooseberries in New York City you know translate the measurements into U.S. measurements put it in our size pie pan you know go from Celsius to Fahrenheit all this kind of stuff and you know give it a try in my you know New York City kitchen and um I mean we have essentially a year and a half of messages like that um, from anything from some of the most, you know, traditional uh, sort of classic recipes, you know, all the way up to, you know, oh, I want to I want to learn about some sort of new berry. What can what can we do there? You know, something like that. So that's sort of been the um, the development. And, you know, we'll go to the farm and sort of look through some of the some of the old cookbooks. I mean, we were looking at one the other day that's literally held together by tape. Yeah. Uh, there isn't a cover anymore. You got to carefully turn the pages. <laughs> and, um, you know, and sometimes like I'll take a picture of, of a book and then I'll put it in Google Translate and like put the image in there and try and figure out what the recipe is. I mean, I love I love going to the grocery. I, I feel like Finnish grocery stores are the greatest thing in the entire world. Like, I love Prisma and City Market. You, you guys can reach out to me. I love it. Um, <laughs> tell, us, tell us why. Because, well, first of all, it's like, I don't, I mean, you know, I, we're used to large, huge grocery stores in the U.S., and you don't see that a lot in Europe. You know, if, you, know you go to Italy, and there's like the tiny little, you know, just the meat shop and the cheese shop, but here you've got these giant grocery stores, and it's like, I can get Marameco towels. I can get you know, berries and I can get shoes. Like that's the greatest thing ever. And, and hardware as well. You can oh, kind of yeah. rebuild, build your own sauna. It's yeah. On the same shop, right? Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I just, I just think the grocery stores are really cool. And there's, I mean, the products are really beautiful. And so, wait, where was I going with this? Oh, um, so I like to, um, like I'll pick up some of the different food magazines. Uh, cause I think they produce really beautiful magazines here. And so sometimes I'll just get ideas like, you know, maybe they do their food styling a little differently here. So I'll get an idea like, Oh, I mean, maybe, maybe that's something, you know, I can, I can think about for a photo shoot or, um, Oh, look at that. You know, this is, this is an interesting, you know, food trend that's happening here. And so that might spark an idea as well. So I think ideas just come from sort of all different, um, all different places, but always just coming back to the roots of, seasonal ingredients traditional recipes but making sure that because nobody really wants to eat like they're from the 1800s you know (laughs) so i wanted to sort of take those ideas and make them fit our palate today but still um 
staying true to the roots of the of the dishes. Have you picked up on the on the kind of food industry and the agricultural industry of this area? It's quite a, it's quite an important aspect of Etelapokkima, South Ostrobotnia, yeah. where we where we are now. Yeah, because this is a bit of sort of the breadbasket yeah. of all of Finland, yeah, and so true. I think that there's a lot of uh, great resources. Um, I mean, I mean, on one hand, you can just walk into the forest, and you know, we've had half of our ingredients coming from there. I, to I love, begin with. I love doing that. It's one of those. It's one <sighs> yeah. of those things that that. Like Satu, my my girlfriend, she she was like, I don't want to go foraging in the forest. I did that for twelve years when I was a kid. I had to. I'm I don't want to anymore. Yeah. And then last winter, autumn, we went out, and everyone had a great time. She yeah. Went, oh, that was kind of fun. Yeah. yeah. For me, coming from London, okay, we have we have open spaces and trees, but mm-hmm. you don't really go foraging. Oh, absolutely. So this is this yeah. is a real a real tree. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's kind of funny that. Um, last year we, we did some foraging stuff in the spring and, you know, I was just learning about all these different wild herbs and this and that, and we brought them back to the farm and, and, you know, to a lot of people, it's just weeds. I think it's cool stuff. And they were like, what, what did you bring, you moron? Like, you have all these weeds you're going to try and do something with, you know, and we had like a big basket of mushrooms and all this kind of stuff. So, um, but I mean, I think it's fascinating that that's where a lot of the good, um, you know the good stories and stuff come from is 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 looking back at some of those ingredients. There's there's been this um, I guess trend in in recent years for these meat substitute products mm-hmm. such as pulled oats yeah, yeah, yeah. and harkis. It's, it's made from I think broad beans that they yeah. extract this protein mm-hmm. from, mm-hmm. and they were they were actually developed in this in this area yeah. very much very close to where we are now. You know I think that's something that that um, my cousin Yoni said one time was that you know, um, with the Finnish food production, being a small country, it, the, the, they'll never make a mark in a size standpoint because, you know, larger countries, larger productions will be able to sort of take care of a volume. So it seems that Finns have always focused on innovation mm. uh, when it comes to um, food, food production, things like that. So that seems to make sense that that's, that that's where these kind of ideas would be coming from. Yeah, there's an there's a organisation here called Food West, mm-hmm. which is all about food science and, and developing these, mm-hmm. new, these new concepts. And it's just here in, in Seinioki mm, as well. So, very cool. Um, yeah, and I, th- I think, I guess the, the option is not to develop these and export the products mm-hmm. necessarily, but maybe export the the process yeah. and license it so this can be made around the world and it can still have a benefit well, for Well, I learned recently, I was do, actually doing a, a like an unrelated food job um, back in New York with a company called Lactade, which is lactose-free uh, milk. And then I found out it was Valio that developed the technology to, okay. to, 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 you know, to remove the enzyme from milk. And I thought, oh, that's really cool. I, it, you know, Americans just think like, oh, that's just, uh, that's our own product. We came up with it. Nope. Yeah. The Finns did. <laughs> no, it's true. The, the, as you say, the, the science and the, yeah, the development, so that's pretty cool. development stage. So you've told us about the farm. You've told us about the cookbook. Mm-hmm. What about your favorite Finnish recipes, your favorite Finnish oh dishes? Gosh, it's so hard to like, I mean, of course I always go back to the sliced cookies because that's sort of like where, where everything began was with these cookies. What, what are these sliced cookies? Did I, what, what's the name in Finnish? Oh, I have it written down. It's the, the word for sliced cookies. Okay. Yeah. 
<laughs> so that's and that's yeah. where it all started. Yeah, that and was so the light bulb moment. Yeah, and actually we just we just shot a, a photo of those like two days ago okay. because I want to sort of have that be one of the opening recipes of the cookbook. And so um, we've been snacking on them all weekend. <laughs> so I mean, there's that. That's definitely a favorite. Mustika um, Pieraka mm-hmm. is a favorite. Um, especially if you get to go, you know, gather the berries yourself. It tastes yeah. extra good. Yeah. Um, I mean, rye, just rye bread is one of my favorites. I, um, one, once I, um, got the recipe for, for making finished rye bread, I mean, I essentially, I'll make it maybe once a month, once every couple of months, you know, in, in my apartment in New York and just keep it in the refrigerator. And I sort of have my, cause you can't buy that in the U S yeah. it's, it's impossible to get this style of rye bread. And so, um, you know, I'll, I'll just make that and kind of live off of it for a while. These are all the, these are all the sweet treats that, like you, you said at the beginning, uh-huh. you, you all sat around the, the table having coffee. Yeah. Um, I've had, when, when we were living in London, coming back to visit the, the family in this area, we had one day where we had three of those, um, three invitations in one day. <laughs> and you go around and there's this spread of sweet treats and yeah. coffee and candy and home baked mm-hmm. things by the end of the day i felt so ill i was so full of all this good this good stuff and but you went you to bed happy you, I, I eventually yeah you can't say no because it's impolite yeah. and you can't say no because you don't want to say no oh you i know to, yeah oh absolutely thing. well and that's actually the focus of this trip right now and the photo shoots that we're doing is um because we've been back and forth several times uh, now, different seasons, and this particular time um, we're we're focusing on the the coffee table and the uh, everything that goes with it, and so we're doing a photo shoot of the seven sorts to have the you know the the best seven uh, you know uh, dishes to have with coffee, and so we've been doing a couple each day, and then at the end of the um, the end of our time here, we're going to do the full table with everything all set up and some coffee and and uh, because I think that's something that. Uh, it's an interesting cultural note that there's this uh, this idea of of sitting down to coffee and having all of these delicious foods with it, and you know what what are these dishes and what's the choice of the different varieties, uh, some sweet, some salty, some cheese, different textures, different flavors, and so actually we had a lot of back and forth via WhatsApp trying to decide okay what are the best seven sorts, <laughs> and, and, and I, I hope you have the uh, the the. the is it cotillusto? The the cheese with the cloudberry jam. Oh yeah, we just yeah. photographed that okay, yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> then, then, I, then I approve. As long as yeah. that's on your table. Then Absolutely, yeah. You, you just said something interesting that I noticed all those years ago when I first started coming here regularly. In the UK, someone offers you coffee mm-hmm. and or tea, and they bring it to you. You sit on the sofa, you mm-hmm. drink it just yeah. there. In Finland, someone says, "Do you want coffee?" Oh yes, please. And then it's a three-hour meal. Well, <laughs> ten minutes. Yeah, but ten minutes later, you get a call. Come and have coffee. Yeah, the table's been set. Yeah, and you sit there and drink the coffee, and it, it kind of brings. If there's a big family there, they may be in different parts of the house, mm-hmm. but they all come together for that fifteen minutes of oh yeah coffee. Absolutely, yeah. It's something interesting I've noticed about Finnish dishes, and and sort of going on what you're saying is that you think how does. 15 minutes later, how do you get this spread? Like, what, what magic did you do to like, have this already? And what I found is, which is different than other cuisines when you look at it, so many finished dishes, they freeze well. So you can like have an arsenal of cookies <laughs> hidden in your freezer, and then boom, they hit the table, and you go, wait, where, how did you 
just bake these. And so I think that um, I think everybody sort of has some of these dishes ready to go at a moment's notice to be, you know, this lovely hostess yeah. quickly. And so um, and then maybe you only have to bake one or two things fresh, you know, and then then you have all these other things ready to go. Um, but I found that over and over and over again is there's um, a beautiful sort of practicality to a lot of the dishes that um, maybe that maybe, you know, it's it comes together quickly for a dinner or it's something you can prepare in advance, something you can take out of the freezer. And then these are these are things that you know, busy American moms are looking for all the time. And yet that's something that people have been, um, you know, some of these dishes people have been doing for hundreds of years. So I think I kind of love that, that idea of, of the practicality of some of these things that, you know, you don't see in other, you know, cultural dishes. So I, I think F- it's kind of finding, neat. finding one of those dishes that you can you bake in the oven. So it takes some preparation, but you, you yeah, bake it and it's ready. Exactly. And then you can freeze it afterwards and it and comes out again another yeah, day. Yeah. You know, you know, hearty soups and stews lend itself well to that, you know, that the flavors will just sort of develop throughout the day or you, it's easy to reheat the next day, things like that. Mm. So, um, I think that's nice. <laughs> and so we, we've talked about your favorite <laughs> treats. Yeah. What about actual bigger meals? What, what, what kind of dishes have you found that you oh, particularly gosh. go back to? I mean, anything, anything with fish. I love fish. So I, you know, anything with salmon, I really love. We have like a smoked salmon pie. That's really great. I really, <laughs> I, I loved learning about cooking makara over um, the sauna rocks. Cause that's just, I mean, when you have like, when you can like take a sauna and have food afterward, like that's pretty cool. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. killing two birds with one stone. Yeah, I, I must say that the, the, the women that have been in my life over the years, the idea of cooking makara indoors in their sauna, no way. No. You're not taking a greasy sausage in my sauna. <laughs> end, end of. I think that sounds like the best thing ever. <laughs> Like, you get out feeling refreshed and smelling like meat. Like, I found, it's great. Uh, I hope... <laughs> Is well, that weird? We all, we all, Is everyone weird now? <laughs> Only a little bit. I'm, I'm backing away slightly. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's fun. Uh, I, found, it's the I, I think it's on my Instagram still. I found this device in a store a couple of years ago. And it's like a, like a, a ceramic tube that you put your makara inside and then put that on the rocks so that you can be... That's pretty cool. Yeah, I guess so. Only in Finland. I think hashtag only in Finland. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think I'll get like stopped at security if I try to take that back with me to the US? (laughs) You'll you'll be okay. 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 Um, What about some some places that you found to eat around here? There there are, I think the the kind of culture of cuisine is, Mm -hmm. is improving. All, all yeah. the time around here. You know, honestly, I have not gone out to eat in this area much at all because we're always eating at the farm. Okay. Um, I, I've, I've gone to more restaurants in Helsinki, um, which I think it's really interesting that... So I really can only speak to the restaurant scene in Helsinki. Mm. But um, I think it's really interesting that I've seen that restaurant scene change even in the last four or five years, dramatically. Um, and I think it's become a lot more interesting. Um, I mean, even just for like quick lunch places, there's a lot of, there a lot of ethnic restaurants are opening up. Like, I mean, I went with my cousins for lunch to like a falafel place and it was amazing. I thought, how did they just have good falafel in Helsinki? That's wild, you know? Um, but then even some of like the Michelin star restaurants, they're doing some really interesting stuff and they're using a lot of the same ingredients that we're using up here, but just kind of taking it with a spin in more of a you know a fine cuisine uh, point of view versus a traditional point of view, but um, this idea of using these um, natural ingredients that are 
you know, nearby in, in, a, in a million different ways, I think is absolutely fascinating. It's really, yeah, really cool. I, I, have to, I have to recommend and give a, then give a shout out mm-hmm. to Yurella here in, in Seinjoki. Mm. Mia and Yanni, who own Yurella, become friends. It's where Sato and I go for birthdays and things. Oh, nice. it's, it's fine dining. Um, and Mia, Mia was on the, on the podcast back in episode 27 and talking about Finnish food, talking about Finnish Christmas food as mm. well. Um, but they often go out collecting ingredients from the forest that they then serve in, mm. the, in the restaurant. Um, she explained also that they get customers that have been collecting berries or, or whatever and actually deliver them to the restaurant. Oh, like wow. As a, giving, giving, something, giving something back. So if you've got an evening, um, it's, it's well worth it. Mia will look after you. Oh, that sounds um, great. I'll, after, after here today, I'll introduce you. After this recording, yeah. I'll introduce you and, uh, online and see what you make of that. Yeah. But there, there, even, the, even the lunch places where you expect to spend... Eight fifty to ten euros mm-hmm. for for lunch. Even the the, the range of food here, just mm-hmm. in in Sainioki mm-hmm. itself, is is in, in, improving all the time. There's a Nepalese restaurant mm-hmm. and a and a Greek style restaurant and many different Asian mm-hmm. restaurants and a, a sushi restaurant that's opened up just just this year and has doubled its size already. So mm-hmm. there is this in, uh, interest in cuisine from overseas as well as what Yurela mm-hmm. and uh, I guess the other place is, is also Malas Kabaka mm-hmm. in town. It's it's kind of indoor street food. It interests cool. me. It interests me where where uh, restaurants advertise street food that you go inside and eat at a table. <laughs> but at Kabaka, that's that's well worth oh, well worth cool. checking out. And nice. you know, sort of. well, I feel like there's just I mean, at your fingertips here, you have such incredible ingredients to work with. That I mean, you know, just the fact that you can just go into the forest and just get lingonberries, or just you know, go there and collect some chanterelles. Like the the price I have to pay in New York City for those ingredients, and I'm like, and I, I say this every time I go to the farmers market in New York, and they always look at me like, shut up, lady. I'm like, do you know that this is free, and I'm paying forty five dollars for these mushrooms, and they're like, we don't care, just give me your money. But like, it's just so funny that you have like these beautiful things that you can just get for free. You know, it's like, how can you not utilize them? Because they've all been, all the Finns have been forced to do it when they were children, and now they're bored of it, and they just want to go and pick it up from the supermarket. That's, well, the rest uh, of us find it fascinating. Yes, we do. We do. Um, I think that's a, probably a good place to to stop. Um, thank you for joining us today. If people want to follow what you're doing with the Home Farm Cookbook, where do they, where should they go? So we've uh, set up a website that sort of uh, has been documenting the process of creating the cookbook. So if you go to homefarmlife.com. And then we also have uh, social media that goes with the, the website. So we're on Facebook at Home Farm Life, on Instagram at Home Farm Life. And, um, you know, we're always posting different stories, photos, uh, just because the, I think that, you know, not only is it about the final product of the cookbook, but it's about everything that happens along the way. So start following along now and then, you know, can see, see the whole process come together. And when do you think the book will be? ready was do you have a, a target yet um i guess as soon as it's done okay well that's, that's <laughs> no, no pressure then is there no, no pressure for deadlines yeah. okay um i'm gonna I, i'm gonna start following i suggest everyone else starts following and especially those american Finns that are listening to the to the show today keep your eyes open and, and check it out when it when it comes out excellent that'd Chris, be great christina thanks very much for thank joining you me. i'd just like to thank christina one more time for a fun interview 
Be sure to follow her online to keep up to date with the book as it comes close to publication. If you enjoy the Explore Finland radio show and want to show your support, then please take a minute to rate and review the show on iTunes or your podcast player of choice. This will help raise the profile of the show. Connect with me on Facebook, where I'm most active, but also on Twitter, Instagram, or via the website, explorefinlandpodcast.com. On the subject of social media, thanks again to Mate on Twitter for his topic suggestion, and I think the next episode, which is coming in a couple of weeks, will also be interesting for you, Mate, and, and other people that have an interest in Finnish food. Of course, you could also spread the word to your friends on your social network of choice, let them know about the show, invite them to explore Finland with us. And if you want more from me in between shows, check out the website uh, where you'll find back episodes, photo blogs of my road trips around Pohjanmaa and Etelä Pohjanmaa. Uh, and you'll also find my other show, the Finnish Football Show, and hi to Mark and Rich, my co-hosts of the Finnish Football Show. And if that's not enough, I've also got a regular blog on visitsaneyoki.fi. Finally, if there's a subject you want me to cover in a future episode, you can contact me via the website or on social media. I'll be very happy to hear from you. So until next time, thanks for listening to the Explore Finland radio show. Bye-bye.